0: Hello everyone and welcome to our next Elsa podcast. In this episode we will be talking about Asian artists. I know that for a lot of people what they listen to, what they watch is a super important part of growing up and even identity and for that reason we want you all to be able to hear some names and recommendations for Asian artists that you should be listening to or that you should know about because well representation is important and it allows us to feel like we can be seen in the media and outwards. So, my name's Emma. I'm your host. I am Lydia. I'm the Elsa Mentoring Liaison. Hi, I'm
1: Helen. I'm a first year law student.
2: Uh, hi, I'm Sean. I am a fourth year law and political science student.
1: Hello, I'm Philly. I'm um, Elsa's treasurer for this year.
0: Awesome. So, basically, what we're going to do first is go around and recommend an artist or a movie or something that we care about to you all. And first of all, I'm just gonna flag that we're a little bit underrepresented in terms of South Asia, because sadly, someone couldn't attend today based on feeling ill from a COVID vaccine. So a very, very good reason for not attending. Please go get vaccinated. Okay, I'm gonna start by saying Mitski should be on everyone's playlist. Mitski is an incredible songwriter. She's incredibly talented. She has a really um, jarring but awesome electric guitar and great lyrics.
3: Um, Yeah, if we're going, like, general recommendations, then I'm a real big fan of Makoto Shinkai. He's, like, sort of the new up-and-coming, what was the Ghibli guy called? Hayao Miyazaki? Um, Mm -hmm. He's, like, a new Chinese director, a Japanese director that's gotten quite big. He did Your Name, which I think is his most famous work.
1: Cool. Um, I guess I would recommend, I'm really into K-pop and into boy groups, so one boy group I'd really recommend is... um, their name is CIX and they're a relatively new group, but they always just come out with albums with such a good range of genres on it. And especially with their latest release, um, it's just a it's called Wave, and it's just such a perfect song for the summer, which we're slowly going into. But that'd be my recommendation.
2: So I'm gonna recommend an artist called Ravena. She is an American artist of Indian descent, and like she's doing this really interesting fusion of like contemporary RB with some south asian sounds and i think that's the really cool part of like what she's doing um it's it's very much like going like floating through a serene forest in india like that's the vibe of her music it's very like tranquil dreamy um the themes of her like indian heritage of womanhood um, like some points of artistic reference if you're into like snow allegra or maybe a kali uchis or a sade definitely give um ravina a listen particularly her album lucid uh yeah just go go listen to her she's amazing
4: yep so just like helen i really really like k-pop and one k-pop artist i would really recommend is day six they're actually a band but um their songs are honestly amazing they have like a whole range of songs from your sad songs to like real good bops for you to like about out when you're like in a good mood and they actually have some really heart-hitting lyrics like when I'm sad I like to listen to I Need Somebody which is great if you can understand Korean which I can't fully but they have really really good lyrics.
0: That's awesome you know I have to say like it's making me really happy just to hear you guys talk so passionately about Asian artists I think that for me I didn't really listen to any Asian artists until a bit later in life. And I think that's something we need to talk about because we're generally quite underrepresented in Western countries. So my next question for all of you is, when did you discover the artists that you recommended or the general genre and what got you into it?
3: Um, all right, so for starting with me, so the, as the, the anime representative of this podcast, basically the reason why I like anime is because I didn't like reading as a child. Um, and so my mum found these comic books at a, a garage sale and they were like sort of old Japanese manga of like Dragon Ball. And so I liked them because Japanese comic books, are unlike, you know, Western asterisks, which are like big sort of magazine shapes. Japanese comic books are actually shaped like novels. So they look like you're reading like a regular book. And so I'd go to school with these books and make it look like I was reading at the same level as my peers, but I was actually just reading comic books. And then from there, the jump to anime was pretty easy since it was just televised versions of the books that I enjoyed reading.
1: So I probably got into K-pop around 2017 with the most well-known group right now, BTS, um, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. There was just something really cool about how they could dance and sing at the same time which just you know really hooked me on because you don't really see that with a lot of western artists they sort of just stand there and sing um and so yeah and then the fandom culture I really enjoyed not the toxic side but just like the nice mild happy side I really enjoyed and I've made a lot of friends through it as well but yeah
2: um so I don't particularly like Go out of my way to listen to Asian music. It's not something like I actively seek out just to preface it, but I do listen to like an incredible amount of music. Um, so I just look back for the like purpose of doing this podcast. And last year, I listened to about 250 to 300 albums. So I'm always like looking for new music, and I just um like in terms of like New Zealand musical heroes, I think Beck Runga, who's like from a Malay Māori descent i think she's like the coolest person i think she was like definitely someone i looked up to as someone from a malaysian like background myself growing up in new zealand so that is kind of that and also just the fact that i just like all of these artists i don't like necessarily because they're asian but because a lot of them like weave in their sort of asian narrative into their lyricism they're like they're taking the best parts of like western you know r&b and b You know, folk music, pop music, whatever, and then mixing it with, you know, sounds from South Asia or sounds from like Japan. And I think that's a really interesting, like, sonic mix. So yeah, I just, I think that's kind of why I'm recommending the artist that I'm recommending today.
4: Yep. So for me, it's quite, it's quite wonky and kind of weird how, like, I got into K pop, but I basically grew up on K pop and K dramas. Like, I just didn't know anything else about other than that, from when I was yeah. young. So I've been liking K-pop for, like, quite a bit of my life now, but I got into Day6 when they re- when they released their debut album back in 2015, if I'm not wrong. That song was really good, and I feel like it's quite interesting how the, like, Korean entertainment industry works because they don't just sell you the music, they sell you the people, they sell you, like, reality shows, shows of the celebrities going on random stuff, and that's how you, like, fully end up liking a group. So... I think that's one reason why I like day Six, first for their music, but then for their personalities and everything else.
0: You know, it's really interesting because I had never listened to any K-pop at all until one day I was at home sick and I decided to watch the Blackpink documentary. So I watched it. And, you know, as Helen said, I was really impressed by their dancing. And so even now, although I can't say like I personally love the music, I like watching the videos just because they're really aesthetic. Anyway, that was kind of a size Um Now I'm basically going to invite you all to go on a little rant about aspects of anime or K-pop or music that you love and why and recommend a few Asian artists. Um,
3: I guess the thing that I really like about anime is that for something that's, I guess, weirdly inaccessible because it very much comes from a Japanese point of view, it's also very accessible in like, for example, the episodes are a lot shorter than average television shows are here, so you can just chuck one on in between study breaks. You know, they're all 20 minutes. Um, and also the stories themselves are usually quite relatable for their, like, um, really fantastical settings. I really love the way that they use the medium of animation to sort of do all these fun things that you wouldn't otherwise see in live-action television. Um, I don't think there's actually ever really been anything that drew me to the genre as a whole, though. It was just something that I grew up with and just kept enjoying because um, I guess the genre has grown up with me a bit. I think as times progressed, we've gotten more variety to it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I think accessibility yeah. to it has sort of become a bit easier, especially with like Netflix now. And they have, like, all the Ghibli films on it and, like, a whole bunch of anime on it. When I was a
3: kid, I used to, like, watch, like, random... I'd have to search, you know, season one episode blank on YouTube and hope that, like, someone had done subs, like, recreationally Mm -hmm. to find the episodes that I wanted. And then Crunchyroll came along, and now Netflix has got tons of really good anime on it too, so...
2: Yeah, like, just going on the Netflix point, like, over lockdown, I really started to you know jump into my anime journey and I thought like your name was a really good like accessible piece of anime it's really mm-hmm. like you know it's not I'm not gonna say it's like too anime because that shouldn't be a thing but it's you know it's quite like a good I feel like it's quite a good accessible starting point because it's yeah, like it's got that it's a weird of Kandawas, you
3: know hmm. it's got that weird reputation of just being a bit weird and I'm not sure how much of that is um it being a bit strange, even for Japanese people and Westerners taking it as, like, Japanese people being weird.
0: On I that think. note, do we think that the term "weave" is a negative one? And what do we think that means?
1: I think it has some negative connotations to it. Like, I remember in high school I had, like, you know, my starting anime face and everyone would be like, oh, she's a weave," And I'm like, okay, cool. I just like anime. But I definitely think there's some negative connotations to it.
3: I think the word weeb is in a similar place as the word nerd in that it's kind of become Mm. cool now because, like, TikTok has sort of popularised the anime look in the same way that sort of Marvel and superhero movies have made being a nerd the cool thing to do. So it's less negative than it was before. It was a really, really negative word like when I was in high school, but now I think it's just sort of a word you toss around for fun and be like, oh, you're such a weeb. And they were like, ah, I know.
4: <laughs> I used to think that like the word koreaboo was like the Korean equivalent of a weeb, oh, but yeah. I feel like koreaboo and weeb have gone down like two different paths so that weeb is like less of like something of a negative connotation now, whereas koreaboo has just become more and more, I feel, personally, not sure. What Maybe for
3: context because weeb is a shortening of weeaboo for yeah. our listeners yeah. at home wait what does
0: wea mean though
3: it doesn't really mean anything it's not even like a real word it was just something that was made up in like the 2000s it because it was originally meant to be re- to refer specifically to white people who pretended to be japanese because mm. oh it came from the there's a the word wapanese which meant wannabe japanese person and eventually that became "weaboo." Yeah, but. but it'd be like, you know, those guys who, like, wear kat- katanas and, like, kimonos and things.
0: Oh, nice. Well, I feel like "wapanese" would have quite different connotations if what we use today, so it's probably a good thing it's not. What if we, what if we all just go around and say our favourite anime movie?
3: Um, all right. So, my favourite anime movie is Summer Wars, um, which I don't think is on any streaming services at the moment. But it is – you can borrow it from the library, so I recommend it if you – ever feel like watching it
1: um since you already mentioned your name I won't say it again but I really like Ponyo by Studio Ghibli I think it's so cute and makes me happy
2: um yeah this will expose me for my lack of anime knowledge a bit but like the only anime movie I've watched is your name so it'll, buy, it'll have to be that by default but I'd also like to give shout outs to Death Note which is a series i started watching recently because that's like crazy addictive television
3: surely as a kid you didn't watch like the pokemon
2: movies or anything like that no nah, that was Surely like that part of my childhood like genuinely like i was always like a big pixar and dreamworks it's probably like my, my internalized racism coming out a bit but like genuinely it just was never part of my childhood growing up Damn.
4: This is kind of cute because we have a Your Name Ponyo split, but I was really going to just say Ponyo because that was the only Studio Ghibli film and like only anime that I've really watched, but <laughs> I love it. It's such a good time. Gives me such cute vibes. Oh. Mm. I also I've actually never
0: seen it. Ponyo. Oh, you have to! It's so cute. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I also never really watched anime growing up, but my friend took me to see *Arrietty*, which is a Hayao Miyazaki film in cinema. Mm-hmm. So the first Miyazaki movie I ever saw was on the big screen, and I was so blown away by the animation and the hand drawing. So, I'm basically Miyazaki films for me are where it's at, and my favorite ones *Spirited Away*, which I know is a bit of a cliche. But Sean, have you really never watched any like Ghibli movies?
2: Uh, it's *Howl's Moving Castle* Ghibli.
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: I okay, know. Well, I've watched two <laughs> anime movies with a stab last.
0: Miyazaki says that his movies aren't anime. I think that's largely to do with the negative association of anime. Like, I think what you said about internalised racism, Sean, like, I think I used to be, like, weirdly proud that I didn't watch anime and I, like, was more into Western things, which now I think is so sad.
2: No, I totally get that. Like, I used to, like – like, I, I wouldn't say – like I make fun lightly, you know, like they were taking my culture when I, you know, when they're like white friends or whatever. And I was like, I joke about that, but at the same time, I think that wasn't coming from a place of like security, if that makes sense. I feel like that was definitely, yeah, something that I grappled with.
3: Weirdly, I actually liked the fact that I liked anime because it made me feel more Asian, Um, because that always gave me something to talk about with the other Asian kids in my class.
0: Okay, let's talk about, I know that Sean's, like, favourite artist of all time, essentially, is Asian, so let's talk about that, Sean.
2: Oh, so I've actually, I know this is not going to help because it's a visual, like, this is not a visual medium, but I've actually, I'm holding up the um, vinyl for the album, like, one of my favourite albums of all time, um, Sawayama by Rina Sawayama. Um, she's incredible. She's making, like, you can't even really put a genre on her music, but it's, like, The best way to describe it is like it's boundary-pushing pop music. Um, She's taking some of the best parts from like electronic music and like that 2000s pop sound. When, When we think about that, we're thinking like Christina Aguilera. She's also got like a lot of like metal and like rock influences in her music. It's an incredibly like diverse sound palette that she's like tapping into. And it's another album which really like gets to the heart of the Asian experience in Western society so um, in songs like STFU she's kind of talking about the microaggressions she's faced in white spaces and coming in through this like white music industry how some of the record labels that she's been with like I I think she talked about the fact that she was called like Rena Wagamama at one point by like a a senior record label figure in the UK so she's kind of going through that like trauma and then songs like Dynasty goes through sort of her intergenerational pain as like a first generation immigrant um yeah the, the whole album is like it's very head banging in your bedroom it's very like maximalist and it's just incredible yeah that's if, if there's something you'd like take away from what I'm recommending today this is like the number one thing you should be listening to because I think it's the future of pop music
3: is it sort of on that like hyper pop train that's sort of up and coming at the moment
2: not really um like I know hyperpop's kind of going through like a bit, I in my opinion, Hyperpop's kind of gone through like a peak and now it's kind of like dipping off. And you're seeing people kind of take stuff from that and like put it, apply it to like their own sort of music. It's it's more like the way I've described it is like FKA Twigs meets Christina Aguilera, um, which like it's just she's it's one of those albums where she's trying to do a lot of things at once. Um but she kind of like, uh, in my opinion, she really hits all the right notes when she's doing that.
0: I, I totally agree. I think Rena, like, it's not hyper pop. It's it's kind of a genre infusion of, but but mostly based around pop music. But she just does such a fantastic job with it. I think that she is definitely a rising star right now, and I think that she has the potential to be a huge pop star, which I think would be awesome because I don't think we've really seen. A massive like Asian pop star in England or America. Yeah, we haven't really. So. At the, like At the
2: moment, we've got Olivia Rodrigo, who's like doing amazing things. But other than that, like I, I couldn't think of anyone before Olivia Rodrigo. Like who's you know the pre-sour big Asian pop artist it was what I was like trying to think of.
3: Joji.
0: Yeah, that's not like that's not the same level of fame though right like like olivia's like you know good for you and driver's license have become sort of moments the same the same way we saw the rise of billy eilish and we that's not something you see every day um, if you're
3: talking like big crazy overnight famous i think probably bts is the closest you're gonna get
4: yeah. I
0: like five like gunman style and sound stuff yeah true. Oh, yeah <laughs> Okay, K-pop fans, do you think that Psy was like a defining moment in K-pop? Or well, like do you think that was an anomaly?
1: I mean, Gangnam Style has had its comeback recently this year, I think. Like, has anyone else realized, like, on TikTok, it's just
0: blown back up again for some reason? And I'm not sure why. Apparently, like, Korean tourism and Korean language classes, like, took a massive jump after Gangnam Style came out. And, like, Gangnam Style was sort of the beginning of... Korean soft culture, like people enjoying Korean culture really becoming a huge thing around the world. And then maybe like 10 years or so later, we have Korean food, Korean drama, like Korean pop becoming extremely popular. And I don't know, I think China is still kind of waiting for that to happen and don't know when that will be. But I don't know, I think it's kind of awesome to see how popular K-pop has become.
3: Well, it's actually got a term. It's called the Korean wave.
0: Mm. I don't personally think that,
4: like, Side like, I think Psy did put, like, Korea and, like, Asian pop on the map of the world kind of thing, but I don't think it did a lot, because he was kind of, like, it was not really, like, a one-hit wonder, because he did have hits after that, but it was kind of focused on him, and it didn't, like, really, like, extend to the rest of the industry, if you know what I mean. Do you feel that?
1: Helen surely yeah I do feel that so I feel like after Sai sort of just like came and then he left and then he came and then he left and he didn't really like leave a bigger impression of like the k-pop industry in the western music scene
4: I think also he is quite a different vibe from like the rest of the k-pop industry like I feel like he was he's a lot more individualistic and less like manufactured if you really want to use Mm. the term manufactured Whereas all the other most of the other groups follow like a more like similar path, and his path was quite different, so it didn't really like bring their paths to light like, to the world.
3: I was just going to talk a little bit about how because he got really big on YouTube is the thing, and like YouTube like conspiracy theories. Basically, when you watch something, it'll recommend you something similar, and so if you watch this Korean video, I remember as a kid watching size video, and then on my recommended, I would get like um on it wasn't bts it was big bang that was mm. and like 17 videos and so i think even if sai wasn't necessarily representative of the whole k-pop industry he definitely helped to propel it into what it what it is now
2: yeah i'm just wondering as someone who knows nothing about k-pop but like with girls generation a big like influential sort of group because I, that's like I'm pretty much the only people i'd heard of before this like bts wave was like one side and like two Girls' Generation?
4: I think Girls' Generation was really big in their time, and they really – I think they actually had quite a bit of global appeal, and I think that kind of started because they were, like, kind of grouped together with, like, the boy group equivalent, which would have been, like, super junior, and, like, they were, like, marketed together, and they did do quite well. And I think a lot of them are still doing really well in their solo careers, but I think they were really, really good for their time, but as compared to, like, the – extent that bts has gone and like Blackpink and everyone else has gone now it's not really
0: comparable what are some other big names that you would recommend right now in k-pop
1: i think the ones that have like really been making a statement in like the western music scene are like obviously bts um but then you also see like 17 nct 127 um even like newer bands like a are making quite a big influence in the western music over there so those are some definitely bigger recommendations i'd have
4: alongside 17 like i was 17 was on my list to recommend as well i think also stray kids i really Mm. really like stray kids and i think they have a very interesting unique sound to their songs and it's really interesting because it's kind of interesting how like um in the western industry a lot of artists write their own songs or have a role to play in producing their songs Whereas in the Asian industry, it's a bit less common, I think, but with 17, a lot of them write, I mean, with um, straight hits, a lot okay. of them do write their own songs and it's really good and they have very meaningful lyrics.
0: Awesome. Well, we've only got a, like about five more minutes to go. So I was thinking, um, why don't we just get out all the other recommendations that we want to make, the people that we think Elsa need to hear. All
3: right, this is the question I prepared for. I wrote a list in order of accessibility. Um, So we got, obviously we got all the Makoto Shinkai movies, so that's your name and his most recent one, Weathering With You, um, and Studio Ghibli. Tons of those movies are on Netflix and you should totally give them a watch if you're ever just feeling like watching something that's nice and easy. A less popular Studio Ghibli movie is Poco Rosso, which is about um, a pig who Um, Used to be a fighter pilot in World War II, but now just flies around chilling in Italy and it's just a really relaxing time. And if you really enjoy those movies, there's the series Violet Evergarden, um, which I think is a masterpiece um, in every sense of the word. The music, the animation, the storytelling is all incredible and every episode just left me feeling like really full and in awe, I guess. So those would be like the big three I'd recommend checking
1: out. Um, The other two recommendations I had were Pentagon. I'm sure most people from somewhere would have heard their song Shine because it got really popular because of the dance. Um, And then the other one is a newer group called Gravity, and they're from the same company as Monster X. And they just have like a very distinct sound, and you can tell that they're Monster X's juniors, which I find really, really cool.
2: Yeah, so the first one I wanted to recommend was this, um, like, folk artist from Japan called Ichiko Ayoba. Um, It's very folky, but it's, like, incredibly gorgeous and serene and majestic, and that's absolutely... I don't understand what she's talking about because it's all in Japanese, but, you know, you just, you catch a vibe, you catch a vibe. Um, The second one's Amugi, who are uh, the lead singers from Korean descent, but they're actually a New Zealand-based um like they're kind of doing this mix between r&b and bedroom pop very similar to some like early Claro or early billy eilish check them out um they, they actually tour quite a lot around new zealand so they're quite good to like you can kind of see them at meow for like ten dollars sometimes so that's like amazing and then the last one i wanted to get out was this artist called yukika who's um she's japanese korean and she's doing this like modern take on this old city pop genre which is from 1980s Japan and in that sense it's quite like I mean the the word city pop means it's like quite urban it's quite preppy and it's like quite energetic so yeah those are the three artists I wanted to recommend
4: yeah I feel like Alan has really covered like k-pop really well so I thought I might just drop in some like K drama recommendations which I think people could enjoy so i've just listed the ones i like that are on netflix because if not accessibility is a big issue with a lot of K dramas and i would really recommend weight lifting fairy which is about a girl who weightlifts and it's quite it's a really like chill cute rom-com thing it does stretch out a while longer than like um other shows on netflix but it's a really good time it's just like it's like a chill watch when you're tired or anything another thing I recommend is Hello My 20s which has two seasons on Netflix three seasons actually two I don't know I forgot but it's a it's about flatmates living together and it's really wholesome it's there's a lot of deep thought that goes into it so it's not like a lot of romance or a lot of anything going on but it's a lot of thinking it's a lot of reflecting which I really like and the last two things that I would like to recommend which are a bit more on the heavy side would be Sky Castle which is about um, studying in Asia and trying to get to the top universities, which is it's really crazy and it's, it's, it's just quite wild, but I feel like we might be able to relate to some of it. And I haven't actually watched this, but I've heard so many good things about it. I watched one episode of this drama called Law School, which I think we could probably all relate to. The first episode stressed me out a lot because the guy was socratic Socratic-ing like everybody and I just couldn't deal with it, so I stopped. But I've heard many, many good things about it.
3: Surely petition so that the first years don't get shown the Legally Blonde scene anymore and get shown the law school scene instead.
0: That would be an amazing petition. (laughs) All right, so we have just over a minute before the Zoom call ends because I logged in from the wrong account. But my one recommendation here is an indie artist called Japanese Breakfast, who, though you wouldn't guess it, is actually half Korean, not half Japanese. She wanted to put together what Americans consider Oriental and strange which for the, you know, classic white racist American is someone Asian or someone Japanese and then something really common to Americans which is Breakfast, hence the name. She's quite electronic-y, super awesome lyrics and she's also a writer and poet so I recommend her a lot. But anyway, thank you so much for listening and I hope that you have some recommendations to fill your summer with and that you go away liking Asian artists, K-drama, K-pop, anime and music a little bit more. So thank you everybody and goodbye.